Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who had never seen Survivor before started from the very beginning and both equally hate Owen Hunt. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week, it's Ladies Night. Yes, it's Ladies Night, and the feeling's right. Oh, yes, it's Ladies Night. Oh, what a, oh, what a night. Oh, yes, who was that singing? That is uh, John Lovitz in The Wedding Singer. Mm, okay, okay. I was like, that's not the real song. I almost mm. thought it was Will Ferrell, but I was like, it's not quite Will Ferrell, but it sounds similar to him. John Lovitz makes a lot more sense. No, when I said Ladies Night, I like could not think of that song. I love The Wedding Singer. I also love The Wedding Singer. Uh, it is made. It was made into a Broadway musical, which is also excellent. Just throwing that out there um other things before we get into the ladies night of this episode or the guys night um we got some fan mail listener brian who has written in before wrote in and said you've been asking for listener engagement a lot and i think we've been failing but i did want to say that i think your family dialogue is always entertaining keep doing it also y'all were my most listened to podcast in 2023 he shared a couple screenshots from a spotify wrapped he's in the top two percent fans of tribal council listening to us for over six thousand minutes wow and where wow, is Brian, num- i feel so honored where is number one podcast his number two is the rainer reality pod tv podcast that's the one that tyson runs number three i mean that one has tyson on it along with other reality shows but tyson survivor one runs through that feed um number three is on fire with jeff Probst, and number four is a different one like a local radio station i think i'm not positive the george fm drive with sin and brooke i've never heard of that mm-hmm. uh it does not seem survivor related but i'll wow i feel like super honored that we are your most listened to podcast brian that seems amazing thank you yeah <laughs> wow thank you so much i really appreciate it that's great if anybody else wants to share their spotify wrapped with us whether it includes us or not it's kind of fun to see that sort of stuff I don't listen to my podcasts through Spotify. I'd be very interested to see like my stats on what I listen to, but I use a different app. And so I can't see that. Yeah. I use a different, I actually don't use Spotify at all for music or podcasts. Um, so yeah. Uh, I don't really get a wrapped thing. Another thing is last week I tried to do this patrick versus chris survivor tribe thing with people in our family through the brant steel website and i messed up and hadn't saved it and so when i loaded it it all like reset so i redid it i wanted to walk this is a big surprise to me because i totally forgot that we talked about this last week i wanted to kind of walk through a season of ours i'll like jump ahead i'm not going to go through all the details but i was trying to take note of some things of interest this is i don't know how interesting it'll be for all of the viewers but a decent percentage of our viewers are our family members which are included in this and so it'll at least be interesting to them and brian just said to keep talking about family stuff so i feel like we have approval of one of our top two percent of listeners so here we go also just to clarify listeners chris said viewers multiple times there we don't release a video version of this podcast just right out there yeah and you just see with your ears um so as a quick rundown i have i'm simulating a season of survivor through this website brand steel and there is the patrick tribe versus the chris tribe that are starting it's 10 v 10 so starting off with 20 people patrick tri- patrick's tribe is him his wife 
his kids, one of his dogs, Piper, our mom, Penny, who's been on the podcast, um, our sister, Laura, who's been on the podcast, and her husband and her kids. I think that's everybody. Oh, and yeah, I think that's everybody. And then my tribe is me, our brother, Michael, and his wife, who've been on the podcast, their three kids, one of their dogs, and Laura and Nate's dog, and then Patrick and I's dad and his wife. And I think that is all 10 on that tribe. And so Wait, I'll go ahead. Sorry. So just to clarify, Laura and Nate and their kids are on mm-hmm. a separate tribe from their dog. Yeah, I needed to fill it in. Yeah. Families are all together. Yeah. But I didn't okay. I didn't on the website you're allowed to go in and set like uh relationships or alliances. And so I thought about like trying to do that with like families or whatever, but I didn't do any of that. So as far as this website knows, there's no families. Like everybody's individual. Gotcha. Um, okay. So that's how the tribe to split episode one. Um jumping like i'm not going to talk about like all the challenges but the end of episode one we go to tribal council it is chris's tribe my tribe that goes to tribal council and the votes come in it's a six three one split michael gets voted out first oh sorry michael yes he should have been on the winning tribe we go into episode two and the team that loses in episode two that gets sent to tribal council again is the chris tribe Classic. And in that the votes come in seven to two and Milo gets voted out uh seven to two. I received a couple votes, but I'm safe. I did not get voted out yet. Um, uh, so three. Well, just throw out there that like the Marianne has talked about the M curse and mm-hmm. two M names voted off first. Seems seems realistic. That's fair. That's fair. Let's see how episode three goes. Uh the Chris tribe does still have a Maya on it. So maybe the M curse will continue at this tribal council. Zuko has an immunity idol, but does not play it. Um, we go to the votes and there is a tied vote. It is a four, four tie, four votes for Arlo, four votes for me. Whoa. We revote Arlo and Chris can't vote revote Zuko who had originally voted for me, flipped his vote and voted for Arlo. Arlo goes home four to two. Chris is wow. still in the game. Yeah, but also has gone to Tribal Council three times in a row. That's right. Uh, episode four. It's now 10-7. It is 10-7. Patrick has 10 people on his tribe. And guess who's going to Tribal Council on episode four? It's the Patrick Chris. tribe. Oh, Just kidding. Nope, it's the Chris tribe again. <laughs> <laughs> the votes come in four Did to three. You, like, Chris base this off of like Palau or something? Um, I think the default is maybe David versus Goliath. So it might be based oh, off of okay. that. Um, Chris receives three votes in that tribal council, but Sarah receives four votes. Sarah's gone home. Chris lives to see another day. Ow! Uh, we go into episode five. In episode five, Patrick has 10 people on his tribe. Chris has six people on his tribe. Guess what? Shuffle. Tribe swap. Or wait, it, it was 10. Oh, it is 10. Yeah, 10 six. Five. You're 10 six. Uh, tribe swap. Three tribes of five with an exiled castaway. Guess who's exiled? This guy. Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So before the swap, Michael, Sarah, Arlo, and Milo are all out, right? Uh, is that what I said? Sure. I don't remember. We're just like no, Sarah. Really Sarah's... I thought Sarah was out in episode four. Yeah, that's correct. 
Wow. Sorry. That family still has Maya and their dog Otis. Uh, we go. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. So that episode ends tribal council um, with the losing tribe is Archie, Kayla, Patrick, Piper, Steph. So Patrick, you head to tribal council. Votes come in four to one and Steph, our stepmother is gone. She gets voted out. Um, Kayla also received a vote. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you said last week that you had lost the notes for it, but Steph ended, ended up winning that one last week. So yeah, we go Steph into episode break. six, and in this time, uh, oh, episode six has um some new. Oh no, not a new tribe shakeup. I'm sorry. Um, that I I didn't go through all of the tribes from the previous one where they shook them up, but Patrick and I, uh, or no, I lied. Okay, I take this all back. There was that tribe shakeup. Episode six, there's, I'm not going to read through all the details, but something gets changed again so that Patrick and I are on the same tribe with Patrick's wife, Kayla, and Archie and Piper. So I'm in a rough spot there. But end of the episode, votes come in four to one. Patrick gets voted out by his son, his wife, his dog, and brother. And guess who Patrick wow. voted for? Me. Chris. Yep. Of course. This is rough. Yeah um episode seven we say goodbye to our dad larry he gets voted out three to two uh funnily enough one of the people that votes him out his ex-wife our mom (laughs) um and he goes out swinging with zuko they vote for vivian episode eight we have a tribal council where chris me finally gets voted out it is a merged tribe. I get voted out eight to five. I'm gone from the show. Eight episode to five nine, is kind of a wild vote. Yeah. Episode nine, I wanted to highlight the reward challenge. Um, not related to like our whole family situation, but the team that won the reward, it says they get a dozen pizzas to be enjoyed at camp. And I was like, damn, that's a huge <laughs> that's reward. A lot of pizza. I know. I mean, it's like a merged, tri- maybe this, I guess, but it's not even the merged feast. It's just like the merged tribe. And so there are like a good amount of people, I suppose, but um, I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, in episode nine, it is a 6-3-3 vote. So definitely some different camps going on here, but Zuko gets voted out in that one. Um, we go to episode 10. We have a very exciting idol situation here. Um Cooper is going into this with an idol. Our sister is going into this with the necklace. So she won. Laura won immunity. Um, Cooper plays their hidden immunity idol. And the votes come in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven votes for Cooper. Do not count because of the idol. Wow. And so despite Cooper receiving seven votes, the other votes were a 2-2 split for Ollie and Piper. They got to do a re-vote for Ollie and Piper, and Ollie goes home 5-4. to four. I was really rooting for him. Wow. Okay. Um. All right, jumping through episode 11, we say goodbye to... Wait, that's who I just did. Cooper? Yeah. Cooper's nope. gone. Oh, no. Cooper... Oh, that was Ollie. Sorry. Cooper goes home 6-4. to four. I can only help him so long. Next episode, um, our sister Laura goes home with a 4-3-2 vote. Nine people, a 4-3-2 vote, which is pretty wild. Um, episode 12, I wanted to share an interesting thing about the reward. Just that they 
get to the winner of the reward is two final castaways that get to win a barbecue with their loved one. And the two that get to win that reward are Piper and Archie. So Piper and Archie get to have a nice barbecue <laughs> with their loved one. I wonder who so that is, that is, that is a new baby and a dog, uh, which honestly, they might Piper. kind of pick each other in that. Yeah. Um, in the episode, the person that goes home is Vivian with a four, three, one vote. Vivian is gone. We're almost done here. Episode three reward. Another funny reward is these people get to take a helicopter ride to a beach club. And the two that are going to, or three that are going to share the helicopter ride together are Piper, Otis, both dogs and our mom, Penny. So it's just that her with two dogs on a helicopter ride to the beach club. <laughs> on a helicopter to a beach club. Yeah. Uh, and then the finale, we have um, going into the finale, our mother, Penny, one immunity going into this. So she's got the necklace. Also has a hidden immunity idol. Guess what? Plays the hidden immunity idol on Otis. Four votes against Otis do not count. Get negated. And instead... Uh, oh, sorry. Four votes against Otis do not get count. The other two remaining votes were split. One vote for Kayla, one vote for Maya. We got another revote situation after this idol play. And so Maya ends up going home with four votes, nobody else for anywhere. No other votes unanimously. Which is this based off David versus Goliath. This has given us a lot of spoilers, but this scene isn't sounds nuts. I feel like there has to be some coding to make this like as chaotic as it possibly can. Or maybe that season is nuts. I know it's like one that people talk about as being like one of the best seasons. That's true. It's possible. But I feel like it wouldn't uh, be very fun if it was just like, here's exactly what happens to David with David versus Goliath, but with different names. All right, we're down. We're almost there. We're down to the final five. Otis gets voted out three to two. And then we go into the final four. Um, for this, uh, they do the immunity challenge, which is Samotion. We've seen before where they have one yeah, hand behind their motion. back. And they have to move the ball around from, or like grab it as it leaves the chute and put it back in and keep track of all the balls and stuff. Kayla wins the motion. And at Tribal Council, uh, she chooses to take Piper to the final three with her. Yeah, no one's voting for Piper. And Archie and our mom Penny have to compete in fire making. Archie wins. Our mom does not make fire. And so the final three is <laughs> so, Kayla. So the final three is Kayla, her wild dog Piper, and her like three month old baby. Uh-huh. You have any predictions who this is going to win, even though it's based randomly and not actually on them as people or their personalities? Kayla. Um. So the votes come in. Not Piper. It's, it's going to be Kayla. It's going to be like, how many people are on the jury? Uh, Ten. Uh, I'm going to say it's like seven Kayla, three Archie, zero Piper. It is a four, three, three split. Whoa. Close vote. And the winner with four votes is Kayla. Hell yeah. Kayla I'm, wins. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Kayla wins. I mean, in any of those cases, you were a millionaire. If Piper or Archie or Kayla won. No, 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 no. Kayla and I have agreed to share our funds through marriage. I, I don't, if Archie like makes money, that's not my money. Suddenly, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Piper is fan- sure. I'll steal from a dog. Oh, I guess I could say Kayla got votes from Nate, Otis, Penny, and Zuko. Interestingly, Piper the not getting the dog vote. vote. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense if you know Piper. They're probably like, "Fuck that guy." Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Piper's a little wild. Uh, Archie though 
is getting a little bit of the kid vote. She or Archie got the Cooper Cooper Ollie and Vivian all voted for Archie. So the kids oh, sticking together. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And then uh, the fan favorite went to our sister Laura. Oh, fan okay. Favorite. Uh, who didn't even make it. Or she did make it to the jury. I take it back. Yeah, she voted for Piper. And then just some quick stats. <laughs> Laura on the... voted for Piper. I'm never letting her live that down. <laughs> some quick stats on the season. Most challenge wins. Laura won seven challenges, three immunity challenges and four reward challenges. I think this includes like team wins too. Um, most votes received. Second and third place for most votes received at a tribal council were Cooper and Maya with 13. With you. 20. 20 votes received me chris <laughs> so many <laughs> most strategic vivian first place for most strategic followed by archie and kayla and idols found there's so many idols in this game <laughs> it's gonna be forever till we get to david versus goliath because i think it's like season 37 or something right uh, but archie found two idols kayla found two idols cooper found an idol larry found an idol patrick found an idol penny found an idol zuko found an idol there's no way there's actually that many idols. Nine idols in this simulated game. I feel like I need to do um, some research on Brant Skill to see like what info they actually get off of the real shows. Yeah, yeah. I really have no idea. Um, so listeners, if you enjoyed that at all, great. If not, uh sorry, it happened. But if you were inter- <laughs> entertained by it at all, uh, this was all like people from our family member. It was pretty easy to do. You just have to type in names, hit simulate, and it gives you like unbelievable amount of details about the uh season and stuff like that. Um, and so check it out. That is brantsteel.com. Steel is spelled with an E at the end. So B-R-A-N-T, B-R-A-N-T, S-T-E-E-L-E dot com. Uh, and uh, Michael, if you're feeling bad because you got voted out so early, I clicked re-simulate at the end of that, and guess what? You won the next simulation, so there you go. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. That was a lot, so we should probably talk about this week's episode, How Am I the Mobster? Um, we start it with a little bit right after tribal council where Jake is feeling a little bit tiny bit safer because he's still in the game and realizes that like people weren't voting him out. Um, and drew and Emily talk about how Bruce needs to go. Those are like the conversations we see the night after tribal before we head into the next day. We see Julie is not sleeping well due to blindsiding Kelly and Kendra. She doesn't, uh, like having to like lie to people and backstab them. Um, and so it's kind of hitting her hard. Julie and Drew have a heartfelt moment. Um, kind of while she's like thinking about that um, and him as well. There's some discussion of like this 4v4, which is a lot of what this episode deals with of the Reba 4, which is um, D, Julie, Drew, Austin, and then the other four, which would be Bruce, Katura, Emily, and Jake. Um, and Bruce tells Katura that he gave his idol to Kelly and then she got voted out and Katero's like, Oh no. And then Bruce is like, did you believe me? I was making it up. I was just practicing. Which Katero later says, no, I like, didn't believe him from the very start. Yada, yada, yada. I think, I think she did. She the I think so yeah. too. I, I believed it because they do this clever editing thing where Bruce tells this lie in a confessional as part of telling like the story of what he did with Katura, 
but they edit it so that he as if he is telling the lie as the truth so i was like wait there's no way that that's actually true they would have told us that earlier and then he's saying it in confessional and i'm like oh shit this is real like yeah. i fully believed it that's exactly what happened to me like in my notes i included oh he also says this in the confessional so it must be real yes and then shortly after he says in the confessional that he was lying to katura and explains but right yeah um, i actually think that this lie was like a pretty good idea like maybe he should have done it around earlier but i don't think that it is that like katura really like shits on this plan and like ruins it for everybody but like i think it was maybe a good plan um yeah i mean because like if well i, I guess i don't know because like is the plan then so that way they feel safe to vote for Bruce. He plays his idol and then he can get somebody else gone. But right. alternatively, like if he, if they think he has the idol, is he, is the idea that they wouldn't vote for him because they're worried of his idol? Or is it that they would like come up with a plan to flush it out and split the votes? And if they don't think he has an idol, they're not going to split the votes as much. I think if they know he has an idol, they're going to work to split the votes on like Bruce versus Jake, where if they, if he, if Bruce still had like Kelly in the game or someone that he, or if I don't know why he didn't plan this with Jake, but just like, just tell Jake and like, then just tell Jake the truth and lie to everybody else. Everybody dogpiles votes on Bruce. And then the two of them can vote somewhere else. And uh, he plays his idol. So the idea is that doing this makes them not split the votes. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so then Bruce goes and tells Jake this lie that he gave his idol to Kelly and doesn't have it anymore, which Jake seems to believe. Um, and then Bruce is hoping that Jake will take this and tell Reba people, which we see later in the episode is exactly what happens. Right. It was like he has seen Jake lie in like a acting way before. I, I felt like it really weakened Bruce's case to use Jake in this way and not tell him that he was lying. Because then when later it comes out that he's lying, Jake feels betrayed, which like he was like Bruce did something mean to Jake here mm -hmm. and burned a bridge. Um, yeah. So then we head to uh, the challenge for the episode where they have to race through obstacles, collecting a ball under go under a net, maneuver the ball through a maze. Whoever can get it to the spot in the center of the maze wins reward, which will be a trip to sanctuary. For like a Thanksgiving dinner, turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, apple pie, beer, soda, juice, and spending the night in a bed. They clearly thought this was happening the previous week, right? That's kind of what, like, that would make sense. But it also, like, I mean, it fits either. It would have fit for Wednesday, which would have been, like, right before Thanksgiving. This fits right after. Um, yeah, but Thanksgiving is not a holiday that people are, like, thinking about a week after. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely think that they planned for this episode to be the day before Thanksgiving, and then it was not. Something moved their schedule back a week. Yeah, so we go through the challenge. Uh, it is down to, like, Austin and Emily being the closest to finishing the maze. Um, Austin drops his ball through a hole, and Emily gets the win here, instantly starts crying. Um, Jeff reveals here that the reward is also going to include letters from home, and obviously she gets to take some people with her. And she chooses to take Julia, not Julia, Julie, and then Katura, and then D, and says they're going to have a ladies' night. So the four ladies going for the reward, and then Drew, Bruce, Austin, and Jake 
will be back at camp. Um, we get some time at Sanctuary where they enjoy their feast and their letters. They talk about getting rid of Bruce. Katura tells them his plan to lie about Kelly leaving with his idol. Um, so they plan to put more votes on Bruce to get him out or flush his idol and then have Jake be the backup vote. Letters from home. Um, something here I did not like at all was yeah. uh, so Katura gets a letter from her mom, which she tells like the group, oh, shit, like I cut off contact with my mom a year ago. And so, like, she's, like, surprised to see this letter here. Um, I saw a lot of discussion of this on Reddit. People don't know if this, like, so there's, like, two theories of either, like, it could be that the show reached out to whoever they could find, like, related to Katura. Because, obviously, like, if it's Katura's going on the show and gives the show a list of, like, hey, here's people, like, loved ones for letters, visits, or whatever. She likely didn't put her mom on that list when she cut her off a year ago. And so if they have a letter from her mom, either the show fucked with some boundaries and reached out or what some people theorized was that like if Katura has like a sister or somebody who was sending a letter that they maybe like collected the loved one's letters and sent them in and the mom was in contact there and like got included. Yeah, somehow. That, that is my theory on what happened. Yeah, which that, sucks but... for whoever that other family members that send in a letter that like allowed that to happen if because i would imagine they knew that katura cut the mom off but um it sucked because i think we saw it affect her here and in the next challenge yes i agree i think uh i have to assume that this type of thing works like all the family stuff on survivor works with like who would you most want to see like or who would you most want letters from like i imagine that they aren't just like random family members because that's so shaky for so many people mm-hmm. uh so i assume that and sometimes it's not sometimes it's like best friend or something like johnny fairplay it was his best friend so like i feel like there's gotta be a here is a list of people to contact to potentially come visit me um which even actually i'm realizing now when i mentioned johnny fairplay with like the whole grandma lie thing uh he had like he knew that his best friend might come and had prepped him with like the, the here is something that we could do. So right. like fair play had here are the people that might come visit when it's time for people to visit. So I, I feel like there has to be a here's a list of people, which means that I don't really think this is survivor's fault. I think that survivor may be uh, like, I did not like how Jeff talked about this on the on fire podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that like, this is probably someone in Katura and Katura's family fucked up and like yeah, allowed yeah. her mom to tag along on a thing. Yeah, that's and I, I should say, in case listeners are unaware, like when people say that they're going no contact with a family member, particularly a parent, it typically is because of like some abuse or emotional abuse or something like pretty terrible that a person has done. And is well, typically... I mean, it doesn't matter what the reason is. If they cut them off, they cut them off. Uh, sure, that's fair. I mostly mean that like that is not a decision that is done lightly. Like most people are not like, I don't want anything to do with my family. They are like, if I specifically the term, no contact, like saying that you've gone, no contact typically means like, this is a decision that I made based off of problems in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, this is, I'm saying this because it is different than Katura just being like, I haven't talked to her in a while. Like yeah. this is a, an active decision that she made not to talk to her mom and not see her mom. Right. Yeah, I was just saying that we shouldn't 
presume it was due to any sort of like abuse or anything because we don't know the situation just that yeah that's fair yeah. um i will say on a lighter topic of this austin tweeted out a picture of a letter he would have received had he been part of this reward um that he got to see after the show from his brother austin's brother ethan wrote a letter that said are you missing home yet I just ate a huge medium rare steak and I'm stuffed. It was so delicious. You really should have been there. I even got a lava cake afterwards. Anyways, good luck out there. I'm thinking about you with every bite. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I was hoping that I did not see this tweet. I was hoping that what you were going to say was like Austin tweeted about a letter from a loved one and it was just like a letter signed from a sandwich or something like that. Mm. That'd be good. Um, outside of Sanctuary, back at camp, we've got Guys Night, Guys Night, where lots of conversation about farts occurs. Um, Jake says, "Quote: Just guys being dudes." Mm-hmm. We get a little musical montage where they play some Kenny Loggins, which uh, felt weird at the time. And then they mentioned it on Tyson's podcast. They were talking about like, is that the first time they've done like a like licensed song on the show and i was like that is a good point they don't play licensed music on the show like ever right they also it was mentioned there and in the on fire podcast that this was an obvious send-up to the movie top gun which i did not get watching the episode well, they didn't play uh, like the top is... gun song they, they played a different song the song they played but was called playing with the boys also in top gun oh uh, okay which I, I did not recognize this song as being from Top Gun, but they were like, yeah, no, this is the Top Gun song. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I feel like I did not get, like, I thought it was a funny scene, but I was did not get the reference that they were making. Uh, I made a note, Drew claimed he'd never broed out before, and so it was kind of like weird broing out. But didn't, like, I thought he was like this big, like, kind of college frat guy. Well, yeah, I think he's not, a, I think he wants to be a frat guy. But he, was, mm. he didn't make up a whole thing about, like, Oh, there's Drew, and there's like Basile, the party guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I I was very much like Drew. Just, I think Drew is not a party guy, but he really wants to be a party. guy. He's like a nerd wishing he could be a bro. Yes. Um, we see some Austin and Jake go spear fishing, trying to catch some f- uh, fish so that way they can like have a good meal, like the ladies are having. Um, Bruce suggests to Jake that they go after D. Jake takes and tells us to Drew. And tells Drew that Kelly left with Bruce's idol, which Drew seems to believe here too, because he says, "Quote, you are shut the front door, kidding," which I thought was funny. <laughs> it's not like he has to like censor himself. So that's just his own censoring. Um, the next day, day nineteen, the ladies return. Um, Drew tells Emily the Bruce idol story, and she tells him right away, like, "Oh no, oh uh, sorry, we skipped something from the ladies' night." Uh, there's another awkward scene. Where Emily gets a letter from her boyfriend and is like, mm. says in a confessional, like, you know, I never thought I'd get married, but now I'm out survivor. Maybe I want to get married. And I was like, this is a wild thing to include if they have not talked about it. Like, if Emily's boyfriend is hearing just now, maybe Emily's in a marriage. Like, I, I just felt like it was a very awkward thing, like a very personal conversation that was included in her confessional. Yeah, but also like, she would have time to talk about him before with this with him before he would see this yeah i just am like she's gonna go home and have four weeks of things to talk to him about and maybe forget this one well, i'm pretty sure if you have thought if you've been with a guy for like eight years and thought like 
I don't, I can't remember what, how long it was, but it was a long time. Um, like I'm not going to marry him. That's not going to be the thing that slips your mind of like, I'm thinking about marriage now. Unless she was thinking about marriage for one night while she had a lot of wine. I, I mean, I don't like, think it's going to slip her mind because when she returns, like she's returning to a new house that they bought together. And so that's going to be like top of her mind, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I just am like, I, I felt like it was a very awkward thing to include in the confessional, but whatever, maybe Emily's in a marriage now. Who knows? Um, yeah, maybe we'll find out after the season's over, like find out they got married or are going to get married or something. Um, yeah, so there's some talk around the beach strategizing before the immunity challenge of just like people learning that Bruce's idol story is fake. Um, Emily tells Jake that if Bruce plays his idol, then Jake is going to be gone and he's surprised and like hurt um, and suggests maybe Drew instead. And Emily's like, like, I like you, man, but that blows up my spot. Like I have my own game to worry about. I can't go after Drew. Like that's who I'm connected with the most. Which I thought was like a nice, honest, like fair answer. I think that Emily, this episode set up an Emily win in my mind. Because Emily consistently was going to people and like leaking information essentially to them. And like giving them the truth of what's actually happening. Showing that she knows everything that's happening. But is also like kind of not betraying anybody. Like she kind of... Well, she said she did it on purpose. Like I can't, I think it was early in the episode. She's like, I want like she just wants to like make peace with all of them because they're going to be on the jury. And so she's being very smart right. about this. Yeah. Yes. Cause like she, in this episode, she tells Bruce up front that she, she's like, Hey, Julie's not actually working with you. She's saying that she is, but she's not sorry. If that hurts, she says this thing to Jake here, where she's like, Hey, you're the backup target. I know that that hurts. She says to drew at one point, like, Hey, that whole thing about Bruce's idol is a lie. Like, sorry. Uh, she's just like very upfront and honest in a way that, in episode episode one, Emily was upfront and honest and hurt people's feelings. Episode ten, Emily is doing this in like a nice, gentle, honest uh, way of building trust, and it is mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, much more tactful. Um, Drew or Jake uh, tries to go to talk to Julie about maybe going for Drew, but she's not really having it. And Julie tells us to Drew, so Drew comes and talks to Jake, and he's like, "Why me?" And Jake's like, well, "Why me?" And Drew calls Jake a mobster. Uh, I think like Drew's not giving Jake straight answers. And so Jake's like, all right, conversation over. And Drew's calls Jake a mobster because of that. And he's like, dude, I'm on the bottom. How am I the mobster? How am I the mobster? Which That's is the name of the episode. The name of the episode. Uh, we go to the immunity challenge. This is uh, a brand new one, I think. Are there any other words that rhyme with lobster other than mobster? Um, my friend Rob, if you were to call him Robster. Okay. Asked and answered. I do think this is a new immunity challenge. Uh, yeah. So they have to lie on this uh, kind of steep ramp over water uh, that has poles sticking out of the side that they can use to like hold themselves up to stay on the ramp. Uh, then the whole handholds get smaller as time goes on. And we learn eventually that they also can't use their like feet as leverage to hold themselves up. Um, Emily drops out first fairly quickly. Uh, Katura is really panicking. Um, she's afraid of dropping into the water and um, she's like afraid of the water. Uh, doesn't seem to be in the great like mental headspace for this, which I would guess is fueled a little bit by the her mom's letter from earlier in the episode. Yeah. Um, and then this was Jeff is rough to watch. Like she was like having a panic attack about this water, which 
I've also had a panic attack about open water. So I was mm-hmm. like, I get it. Uh, which this this scene, I'm bringing this up not because I'm like, you know, want to talk about my own traumas or something, but I, I was like, oh, I think it kind of solidified that I don't want to be on Survivor anymore. Because mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I might have reactions that I can't control while I'm out there, and I don't want that on TV. Yeah. So Jeff does do I'm... a pretty good job handling it. I feel like he like Ooh, really. Hard cr- oh, you didn't like it. Sorry, I think he handled the panic attack well. I think that he handled the later swimming poorly. I agree with that. So during this part, he's like trying to calm her. He's like, we've got people in the water. People will be right there when you, if you, like when you drop. Um, and so she's like, okay, I'm going to drop. Like I'm done. And then she's like really struggling with that. And he's like, listen, you can just like slide off the side of it onto the dock and that's fine. And so that's what she ends up doing. Yeah. I do think that I agree that he handled it pretty well. I kind of think what he should have done in what honestly would have been kind of good TV in like a breaking the fourth wall aspect that he kind of already did by like revealing some of the safety things in place would be to ask one of the safety swimmers to like come up so mm-hmm. like they could kind of like she could see that someone was there that right. could support her over to the ladder. Yeah, which well, that was I learned on the podcast too, like his podcast that like for challenges like this, they have people like in scuba gear under the water that we can't see. I never knew that. Yeah, I feel like he might have mentioned that before. I only say that because I wasn't that surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'd maybe heard of it before. But yeah. Julie drops out next. Uh, Jeff says, quote, this is kind of a fun challenge. You do it at a carnival while you're having a scone. And I type, Jeff, what? Turns out Reddit also heard that and was like, what the fuck? Who has scones at carnivals? Guess what? People in Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard like this was a Washington State thing. Yeah, I did not know about this. Uh, I'm fairly new to Washington, but uh, there's a, a Reddit poster, Saloon, S-O-L-O-O-N, who posted um, like right after or like a little bit after the episode in all caps. Okay, so I think I figured it out. The only two places I could find confirmation serve scones at carnivals or fairs were the Puyallup and Evergreen State Fairs in Washington State. Apparently, the probes went to college in Seattle, according to Wikipedia and high school and both of those fairs are 38 minutes away from seattle i think this man has just somehow managed to encounter the only two carnivals in the country that think scones should count as a valid carnival food <laughs> either that or he forgot that funnel uh what funnel cakes are called and then they also posted like four uh articles and recipes to these scones so the puyallup fair is it is now i believe called like the state fair but what i've heard from locals who've lived here their whole life is they don't like calling it the state fair. They know it as the Puyallup fair. Oh, interesting. Okay. But they do serve scones with like jam there that are called Fisher scones. I do. Everything that Jeff said here was wild because like the scone thing at a carnival, very weird. But then also he was like, this is like a carnival game. And I think it was Jake was like, what the fuck carnivals are you going to? This is not <laughs> yeah. fun. Who would yeah. just do this for fun? <laughs> Yeah, which I think that's, I think Jeff was saying it, like he was being a little bit uh, sarcastic with this, but yeah, that was, it was just a very weird, fun interaction. Um, the other five people are the four guys plus uh, D, I think is the last. Um, they last uh, the next five minutes uh, where they have to have their legs go straight now so they can't use their feet for leverage. D drops, so all four of the ladies drop. Can't first. use those toes anymore. Uh, that's right. Drew drops out. Jake drops out. It is down to Bruce and Austin who are really like struggling back and forth. And then Bruce finally drops and Austin gets the win. And I, I weirdly, 
I'm not the biggest Bruce fan. I was kind of rooting for him to win here just because I would be like, damn, three wins in a row is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, although I also am a pretty big Austin fan, so I was excited for Austin to win this. Mm-hmm. Also, Austin won and like decided to, with the little strength that he had left, like do a little flip into the water, yeah. which was very impressive and cool. Mm-hmm. Well, he hadn't been using his legs, so, you know. That's he had all the, all the power in his legs. Uh, we get a little bit of time at camp. Uh, Bruce makes it clear he's planning on playing his idol. Um, the plan is for Bruce to be the main with Jake to be like the ricochet backup vote. Um, Katura thinks Jake is a wasted vote and suggests going for Julie since she's the camp mama and nobody will be able to beat her at the end because the jury will see her as a mama and she would win the game. Um, Emily, this is where Emily tells Bruce that Julie isn't with him. Um, and Bruce is like, all right, let's go for Julie then. Jake is frustrated to find out that Bruce lied to him. Um, Jake is pretty gets pretty emotional just like being on the bottom so long and being lied to so much. Um, Bruce has a pretty good like comforting thing here with him where he's like, listen, no, you just hit the survivor wall. He's like, I hit mine on whatever day. Like you're hitting it just now. I thought that Bruce's comment was very kind. But also, part of the reason why Jake feels like a fucking idiot is because Bruce was like, oh, remember how I told you I lied about how I lost my idol? I lied about it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that is a primary reason why Jake feels like shit right now. Right. Um, We go to Tribal Council. Lots of discussion of just, like, several people feeling nervous. They think that Bruce will play his idol. They go vote. Bruce does not play his idol, which I was not surprised by. I was like, if somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to play my idol for sure, usually I don't think they're playing their idols like kind of what we've seen from a lot of our experience right like yeah I I kind of thought that he was in the right for not playing his idol here like I obviously results showed that that was incorrect right but I think that he had a good reason to not play his idol here yeah so Bruce ends up getting voted out four to three to one the jury was clearly excited about this based off of just like their reactions on camera um, I noted that it seemed that it was a big resume move for Emily. So like everybody wanted Bruce gone, but the Emily, the resume move for Emily is that she got like, we didn't have to go through a second round, like flush his idol first and then get rid of him. She got him to not play his idol, which was like mostly on her, which the internet, I don't know if, how much you look at like the survivor subreddit. Um, it was like a roller coaster this week. Like the first day or two, everybody thought Emily was stupid and was like a bad move and didn't play well. And then like after a few days, people started to come around and they're like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe Emily did make good moves. Yeah. I saw some of that happening and it was the entire time. It's like, no, Emily made a good move. I think this was a great move. That's what like, I thought like, too. Bruce would respect the move and mm-hmm. go and tell the jury exactly what happened. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that most of the people in the game like, I think Jake and Katura kind of know about it, but the Reba 4 don't really know what impact she had here. And so, like, I think this is a great move because it mm-hmm. it builds a resume for the jury without building her threat level for people in the game that much. I right. Think. Yeah, most of Although the... Com- I do... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, most of the complaints online is that people view the Reba four as being very strong and that the other four, which was like Bello three plus Emily. And so they were like, well, Emily, you're just going to lose to the Reba four now. Like you've got to bond with them. But I think that they were too chaotic. Like they were all infighting and they're not going to be able to bring them together. 
and right. Ellie might be able to split up Reba. Like she does have it in pretty good with like Drew and Austin. Probably more Drew than Austin. I feel like Austin's a little bit more loyal to Reba than Drew is. Or maybe it just honestly, more loyal to Dee. It has D. some ends with Julie and Dee also through Ladies Night. Yeah. And I think might be able to like maneuver what she wants in that mm-hmm. scenario either way. Right. I do. I was a little bit confused by this vote of like, what did Austin and D and Drew think was happening? Because they all voted for Jake. Did they, did they know that everybody else was voting for Bruce? I don't think they thought that Bruce was voting for Julie. So did they think it was going to be a four, four? Like where did they think the votes were going? Or did they think that more people were voting for Jake and Jake was going either way? Um, That's a good question. Maybe they knew or Emily told them that like, she got the rest of the bellows to go for, bruce and then they had julie be that swing vote that was going to be like the fourth vote for bruce rather than jake i don't know yeah i was just surprised that they didn't kind of insist on being the bruce votes if they wanted bruce out or like i don't know i want to know if they were surprised by this outcome also because i like julie seemed shocked to see her name so i don't think that they knew that bruce was voting for julie but i what i was just like Emily seemed to know exactly what was going on. And Jake made a face that seemed like he knew, like he like thanked Emily when he didn't play the idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I think that the Reba four maybe were confused by this. Maybe. And then that makes sense with what, so the preview for next week showed maybe some Austin D flirting drew once Julie gone and something about D's world is in Julie's hand. So some cracks in Reba might be forming. Um, I will say with the Bruce, vote he was voted out four three one and that arrangement of votes sounded familiar to me i was like four three one i know i've seen that before um because we i used to mention like all of the votagami votes or like when we've seen them before and i haven't been doing it just because we haven't had a votagami in forever and it's usually like the same sort of stuff but four three one was the very first vote on survivor so new christopher got voted out four three one. Oh, that's fun this is the seventh time we've seen it um and then it also is a continues the streak of like every vote result has been different this whole season so 4-3-1 this week Kendra was 6-1 last week and then the whole season all different and so then I was like I keep saying that is that actually a big deal and so I looked at all of the seasons we've watched so far and it has happened in three of the like 21 seasons we've watched season 10 season 15 and season 44 also had no duplicate vote outs oh nice Um, yeah so kind of special kind of not um but let's talk about fantasy we should pick a mvp of the episode i have mine uh yeah okay three two one. Oh, you don't um, look ready uh, emily. <laughs> yeah i was like emily but should i like she was like the first drop out of the immunity challenge so should i think somebody else but no i'm gonna go with emily yeah i think that she made a really great move mm-hmm. agreed uh things that are still active in the game i for i should have mentioned maybe austin has two idols that's uh, maybe oh austin that's true ha- julie might have one of those idols yeah it's unclear if julie gave it back or not after right the, what happened in the previous episode that is true yeah um and then other nothing really changed with like the season long predictions i don't think um other fantasy stuff last week i predicted that the episode title would be said by Jake because it was shown in the preview, basically, and that was correct. Patrick and I predicted Katura or Julie would get voted out, and we were wrong there. And 
Patrick's final three was Austin, Jake, and Emily, which he's keeping. Um, mine. Uh, I'll speak for that. I'm keeping it though. I feel oh. very good about that. Actually, I feel. Uh, I think Emily's going to win. I think Jake's going to get dragged as a goat, and maybe Austin will win that final immunity. So, I feel so mine, about that. mine was Austin, Bruce, and Emily. So Bruce is gone, and I'm actually going to change him for a different goat than Jake for Katura. Fair. The next episode is called This Game Rips Your Heart Out. Which makes me think that it might actually be the breakdown of the Rebefore. Like, there's been a part of me that's like, no, it's just Rebefore all the way. But I think that this is like maybe actually going to happen. Someone in Reba is getting voted out. So I think Julie's going to say it. I think D is going to say it. And I think Drew's going to get voted out. Oh, interesting. I think D is going to say it in terms of rips your heart out love style because she likes Austin. And so she's like, as Reba starts breaking down, she's going to be like, oh, how am I going to vote for her? And so I think it could be said in that con. That's fair. I uh, am real mad at myself when it comes to predictions because uh, I said that Bruce was going to be the next boot three episodes in a row. And when I finally gave up on that, he was actually voted out. So I really messed that one up. Um, And then the next boot, I am, I'm hoping for a Reba breakdown as well. I'm going to say Julie for that. Although true makes sense too. Um, All right. Do you have a luxury item this week? I do. Um, I realized that a lot of my luxury items lately have been Christmas themed and, you know, decided to stick with a theme. Um, it is December 3rd as we record this. Uh, so we have started advent calendar season. Um, and I'm a big fan of advent calendars generally, just cause like, I like the idea of getting a little treat every day leading up to Christmas. Uh, so we currently have four advent calendars going in our family which is a lot um but our mom bought oliver one with like little cars and trucks and stuff little toy cars and toy trucks um and we bought him one that is like different characters from bluey and it like ends up forming like a christmas scene from bluey and that one has been pretty fun every day and then we also got one that's like different chocolates that we are sharing as a family every day after dinner uh and i have i've talked about nespresso on the show before i have an espresso advent calendar with a different espresso pod every day um and it's just very fun and exciting to be like oh what's my treat gonna be today uh so boy, yeah december 26th you're gonna wake up a sad boy no uh, treats no i'll still be happy i don't know you're not gonna have your four treats but i'll have all of my christmas stuff. that's true that's true uh i'm going to say um look it there is a website i use frequently in my classroom as a fourth and fifth grade math teacher um that is called look it it is uh it's a site that like gamifies questions basically and so as a teacher i can create question sets that are multiple choice or type in an answer and then there's the site has like eight or 10 different games that the students can play or that I can like assign for the students to play. Um, it's awesome. I use it like constantly, like usually at least once a week, the kids will be on there practicing whatever we're practicing in class this week. Um, they're practicing multiplication because we've been just reviewing strategies for multiplying multi-digit numbers. 
Um, and it's great. And it's has like options. So like I have lots of students who are competitive. And so I can set up a game that is like interactive where they're competing against other people in the class to earn points or money or whatever. But then I have students who don't like the competitiveness. And so I can set up like a different version or a different game for them where they just are in their own world, doing their own thing, playing their game and practicing and stuff. Um, and it's great. Kids love it. I like it. I use it a lot. It's great for if I'm like also sick and need to come up with sub plans because I can just send whoever's going to cover for me like some look at links. I can also set the games to be active for a full year. And so if kids want to practice on their own at home, they can just play the game whenever they want for 365 days. And then the account will expire or the game expires. Uh, so look at B-L-O-O-K-E-T. I use it for math, but it could be used for anything. Um, I had heard of Blookit before. I've seen it used in classrooms before. And I was like, is this what you're recommending? And it's cool. I just, I didn't expect you to recommend a work thing. Yeah. Uh, I just have been using it in particular. I used it like twice this past week. Um, and I could like make changes. Like on Tuesday, I used it in class and it was a bunch of multiple choice or a bunch of multiplication questions that I had multiple choice. But what I find is the kids get too invested in the game and they'll just like, pick an answer randomly if the question's too hard rather than like trying to work it out. So then when I did it again on Friday, I made it so all the questions they had to type out their answer. So they couldn't just pick one randomly. They'd actually like type something out, which some of them will still like kind of type some random stuff, but the site or, but I can usually watch for that. Um, and then at the end of it, it gives me like a stat report. And so I can see every kid's uh, accuracy percentage. And then if I click on it, it tells me every question they missed. And then I can see like the oh, class's wow. accuracy and like all sorts of feedback is really, really good. So I can see like, oh, what are the top 10 most missed questions by everybody today? And then like the next day I can make that their homework assignment. That's awesome. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're an educator or if you have students like kids and you know they need some extra practice with vocabulary words or math facts or whatever, it doesn't have to be math or anything. You could just create an account on there, search for a pre-made question sets or make your own and let the kids go nuts. All right. Listeners, let us know. if you've got some advent calendars going on, if you've got some educational websites that I would love to know about so I can use with my students, you can email us at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com. And for this week of Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>